Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror Jason films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is my seventh deadly wish, Mars! Spooky. (laughs) Yes, so for those of you at home tonight, we are going to be reviewing the one and only Wish Upon, a movie that, it makes me happy just because it has Sherilyn Finn in it, and I am Audrey Horn head for life. Love. I don't know who I who that is no okay so sherilyn finn is the actor that is the mrs deluca or whatever the the neighbor and (laughs) she played audrey horn in twin peaks who was a huge deal to me when i was a little kid because i was obsessed with twin peaks but her in particular you know how i'm obsessed with like vintage style Mm -hmm. audrey horn that is the origin of my vintage obsession (gasps) oh my goodness she's your origin story she is my origin story so when she showed up in this movie i was just like oh my god and when she was gone i was like oh no (laughs) it's this is a very strange because it's two people from movies that i grew up watching who are now side characters and strangely in this movie right ryan phillip i mean quite a bit older like i was you know in junior high or whatever when when cruel intentions came out but he was the you know a leading heartthrob yes he was a babe yeah but yeah i know what you did last summer oh yes exactly Mm -hmm. that whole era of the the early 2000s came in freddie prince jr ruled those years i know (laughs) and so it's just weird that both of them were in this house like huh this is the phase of my life I'm in now. Okay, that's interesting. All right, I'm mm-hmm. going to pull up Audrey Horn so you can see who I'm talking about. She was amazing. I stole my mom's eyeliner so that I could give myself beauty marks so I could look more oh. like Audrey Horn because I was just completely obsessed. So you never watched Twin Peaks growing up? No. Oh, man. I was obsessed. It was the year. Remember it came out at, and it was on at the same time as 90210. Oh, and no. every other girl in my class was obsessed with 90210. And I was like, sorry, it's on during Twin Peaks. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put, I'm going to put this in our little tri-cast so you can peep Audrey Horn. My earliest oh, ship wow. was, was Audrey Horn and um, Agent... Oh, God, what was his name? Kyle McLaughlin was oh. Agent... <laughs> Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But he was the FBI agent that came to the town to investigate the murder of Laura Palmer. And it's a David Lynch series, so it's very, very strange. Yeah, I've only ever heard agent really Cooper. good things about it from from people whose opinions on things I care about. Or, I think it's yeah, on I Netflix. Trust. If you're ever curious, you could watch just I the am. pilot. Just because you can, you'll see Audrey Horn in it. You'll know if you're into it or not by watching the pilot, because it is very, very strange. That's good to know, because, you know, some shows, their pilots don't deliver how great. The yeah. 100 being a perfect yes. example. Yes, oh, God. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Did you finish the 100? No. I spoiled it for myself. I made it to... I cannot believe how it ends. I cannot believe it's real. I made it to... I can't remember what season it is, but it was... How far did you watch? I made it through the first three seasons. Okay, I made it a little bit further than mm-hmm. that. But I made it to some point where I was like, oh, and now we're just recycling the literal entire plot of this movie and or this show. You think you'll ever finish it? I want to, but I just started kind of getting bored and I didn't like what most of the characters had become. And yeah. so I kind of just drifted off. Yeah. 
Oh, I want to spoil it for you so bad, but I won't. I will not if you think you're ever going to revisit it. Although yeah, I, I don't. Gonna... Here's the thing is, I wouldn't say that it's worth watching to see the end. But I cannot believe the end is what it is. But there is a part of me that just needs to know, you know? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to just be pissed or just amazed that someone was like, yes, this is what we're writing and this is what we're going to do. And then we're going to commit it to film. I think I just might do the thing that a lot of people did with Game of Thrones, where you just kind of pretend the final season didn't happen. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it's crazy. They keep announcing all the stuff about the new Game of Thrones series, that House of Fire or whatever it's called, the mm-hmm. one about the Targaryens. Yeah. I cannot bring myself to give a single solitary fuck. Yeah, I don't. And who all. was a bigger Game of Thrones fan than me? Very few people. Very, Very few people. <laughs> I spent so much energy into thinking about it and reading every conspiracy theory. And so when it ended so shittily, I just, and you're dead to me. Bye. You never existed. <laughs> the only thing I take away from this is the, the fun I had with my friends. Bye. <laughs> Pizza and pub cheese. Yes. That stuff I regret none of. I regret nothing. But all the other outside of the uh, the party energy that I put into it, I would like to take back. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Oh, it's like a bad breakup. A little bit. It's like a bad breakup. It's funny because like every once in a while, Larry and I will talk about Game of Thrones and we're both just so bitter still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So where was I? Oh, yes. Warm up question. <laughs> As if we need one at this point. <laughs> okay. So... Obviously, this movie is about a vintage box that grants wishes and then bad things happen, right? And as I was watching it, a lot of times when you're watching horror movies, you're just like, what a dummy. That would never happen to me. As I was watching this movie, I was like, if I'm honest with myself, truly, truly honest, I totally think I would get got in this movie. (laughs) This is not the movie I survive, right? I don't know if you feel the same way, but I was wondering if there was a movie that you had that experience where you're like, oh, no, this is how I die. If I were in the situation, <laughs> there'd be no getting out of it. A hundred percent cabin in the woods. Really? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would have gone down in that basement and fucked with something. You would have been touching stuff, huh? Yeah. Though I did once take, you know, a clearly very accurate internet personality test that told me that if i was a character in a horror movie i would be the character that dies third except for you don't get a death confirmation and then i pop up in the end all bloody and injured but i also have the shotgun oh i could see that for you so i'm totally and i'm blanking on what his name is but the stoner in cabin in the woods yeah yeah but yeah yeah, i absolutely would have gone down in that basement and started yeah fucking around with stuff yeah for sure for sure yeah i would have seen a pretty vintage box and i would have been like yes i would like to have that and then i would bring <laughs> it into my home and then if somebody told me i could make a wish on it, i'd be like eh, maybe i just try once <laughs> and then it works oh no it'd be a wrap it'd be a wrap it'd be over for me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything about that, everything, I felt indicted by every single thing in this movie. <sighs> Good, because I was, I mean, like I said, when I picked it, I've already, I'd already seen it a couple of times. Uh-huh. I don't know why I keep watching it, but I was watching it again last night in preparation for this, and I started to really second guess it, and I was like, oh man, Rachel's going to be like, this is so dumb, this is so dumb, this is so dumb. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that part, of, at least what I know so far of your experience was that you're just like, oh yeah, this I mean, I could me. certainly <laughs> see myself in it in ways that were not flattering. <laughs> all right awesome so we're gonna get to review next but before that really quickly here's a little message from our buddies over at here's johnny podcast tales of giant monsters are as 
old as tales themselves. But what makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre, and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks. I'm getting a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Awesome. All right, well, let's talk about this movie. But before we do that, Mars, can you please let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is on this podcast? Because they need to know. Yeah. So we're going to spoil the whole thing. I think this is a movie worth going into not spoiled. Yeah. Because the ending is kind of... Twisty, twisty. Twisty, twisty. So I think it would be worth it to watch this before you hear us talk about the entire thing because we're gonna give everything away so if you haven't seen it it's on amazon prime go watch come back all right so just a little background information on this movie it was directed by a gentleman named john leonetti who is a cinematographer and director who is very deep in the wannaverse you know all the james Wan movies he was the cinematographer on insidious insidious 2 the conjuring dead silence and he directed the first annabelle movie so wow yeah Yeah. very in the wannaverse he also shot one of our favorites piranha 3d i love that movie girl (laughs) i still remember i don't know what year that came out but it was in the mix of the super torture porny period that had fallen all the japanese horror that came you know like there were those two super dark trends and then the torture porny one especially was super super dark and then along came this boobs and blood 80s throwback that was weirdly wholesome in comparison to everything i had been watching for the last several years and it was just this breath of fresh right yeah it was definitely a palate cleanser but still falling into that still one of the most gruesome fucking things i've ever seen and I still, I always just get a kick out of, oh my God, what is his name? Adam Scott playing a sleazebag. Oh, right. Because he's right. the the Girls Gone Wild equivalent. Yes, yes. I totally forgot he was in that. We really need to revisit that movie. I can't believe of all good. the Animal Attack movies, we have not watched that one. Because I don't think it's streaming it. anywhere. Oh, that would explain why. Yeah. Yeah. Though, the original Piranha is streaming on Netflix and I watched that for the first time recently. I have never I... seen it. I was not disappointed. Really? I actually really liked it. That's interesting. Well, yeah, it's on Netflix right now. Or no, 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 not Netflix. It's on HBO. I, I had that. So I found out it's free with my phone service. Really? Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. Just in time all to have right. all the movies going to HBO. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. So Leonetti was actually not the original director attached to this film. He was, it was supposed to be Catherine Hardwick. Oh, really? Yes, but she was removed from the project, whatever that means. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't sound That's promising. No. I, I immediately am always like, what? Pitchforks, yeah. like, why? But I don't know. Who knows? So at first when he saw the script, he liked it, but he passed on it because he was busy doing other stuff. But they made a few tweaks to the script. I guess at one point it kind of was more Final Destination-y and he was like, nah, that's a whole thing I don't want to be involved in. So after they made those changes, 
he decided to go ahead and sign on. And the movie hit theaters in July of 2017, and it wasn't exactly a box office hit or a critical success. Just it barely made back its money, and I think it has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, uh, none of that surprises me. Yeah, I mean, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not enjoyable. So. No, I mean, that's that's the thing. I enjoy watching this movie. Is it good? That's debatable. And those are two totally different things. Yeah. So the, I, I still guess, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So the question really is, is this a hidden gem or not? I think that's the question we're going to be deciding tonight. Mm-hmm. The script for this movie, though, even though it maybe did not get the critical success once it was out, the script that it's based on was actually on the blacklist for 2015, which are you familiar with the blacklist? Vaguely. Okay, so basically every year there's, I don't know exactly who does the voting, but there's some movie industry muckety-mucks that vote on scripts that are for unmade movies that are their favorites. And this was on that list for 2015. Oh, wow. So we'll see what we think about that as well. All right. That's all I have for the background information. Now, before we get into this, though, I forgot to ask you, what made you decide to pick this one for tonight? I Originally, I had some other options in mind when we started the lie podcast mm. episode but then when we got to the end i don't know the joey king factor mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. made me want to pick the and because i found out you'd never seen it which is so rare <laughs> for movies I that know, i picked that you haven't seen so i was kind of like you know maybe this is a sign joey king joey king rachel's never seen it and i need to capitalize on this opportunity <laughs> and watch an okay movie that rachel's never seen before <laughs> and i think because like i said you know i i've rewatched this movie this is probably my third or fourth time watching this movie and i don't know why right because it's right. admittedly not a very good movie mm-hmm. but at the same time i really enjoy watching it so i don't know what that means maybe think, you can help me figure it out i think this movie asks nothing of you that's true it's yeah. just you just slip into it's just it a movie like a nice lukewarm bath not too yeah. hot not too cold <laughs> sometimes i love horror and i love good horror but sometimes it is exhausting yeah. You know, sometimes it, it, it asks so much of me, whether it's trying to scare me or it's trying to hurt me emotionally, <laughs> which right. I feel like horror is definitely moving into this weird emotional sadism, but that's a topic for another day. But this movie, it felt extremely old school. You know, we were talking about what is Ryan Felipe doing in this movie? On retrospect, this is exactly where he belongs because this is that's the movie true. he was making 20 years ago. He just right. was... He would have been in the high school instead of in the house. You know, and I guess it makes sense when you said that this started out and it had more of a Final Destination feel. Yeah. I love the Final Destination movies. Yeah. Like, unashamed. I love them. Yeah, so it makes sure. sense that I would like a movie that's yeah. kind of like Final Destination. I mean, that one, there's one scene in this that belongs in a Final Destination movie, which is with oh, the yeah. dad with the car, which we'll get into. In some ways, that was the best scene in the movie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the the Final Destination vibe is there. But yeah, I just think this is, I think part of what it is, is it feels like comfort food and it's a throwback to exactly the kind of horror movies we were watching in, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's a comfortable horror. When it started, I was like, I feel like they don't make movies like this anymore. And and I, I hadn't fully 
wrap my brain around it and process that. But now that we're talking about it, I think that is exactly what I was experiencing in those early scenes. Like, oh, yeah, it's like a nostalgia kind of. I know this. Even if it's not great, I'm like, I know this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now I feel a little bit better about the fact that I keep watching it because I like it. But at the yeah, same time, I'm like, it's not great. It's but sort I... of comfort foodie. Yeah. 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 This is the mac and cheese of horror movies. It is the El Pollo Loco of horror <laughs> 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 All right. Let's get into this bad boy. Tell me about this movie. So this movie is about Claire, who's a high school student, and she's not popular. She's uh-huh. pretty bullied. We open on a scene where she's a little girl, and she's riding her bike through her neighborhood, where we kind of establish her neighbor, Mrs. DeLuca, who, you know, throughout the movie proves to be, you know, a family friend. She's familiar with the family. She watches Claire grow up. But in this opening sequence, we meet Claire's mom for the first time, and Claire, who's a little kid with a puppy, riding her bike, goes back home, catches her mom hanging herself. Cut to present day, where Claire is in high school and the puppy is a dog. And that's, you know, like I said, where we learned that, you know, she's not super popular. Her dad, played by Ryan Phillippe, is a dumpster diver. I assume that's his... I mean, I think, yeah, that's like his... Nine to five, because he doesn't seem to have another job. At first, I thought it was he was a garbage man, and I was like, what is this class's shit? That's a great job! Those guys have good benefits. And then I realized it was more of a lifestyle and i was like okay yeah he and his his buddy dumpster dive for you know hidden treasure and then they try to sell them at swap meets and essentially that's that's what they do which mortifies claire which i felt a little bit like bought him a nice ass house dude (laughs) right he owns a home i have a full-time job with health insurance cannot buy a home right so yeah. If somehow whatever he's doing at that swap meet is working. I was like, step like, aside, dude. I'm going to jump in this dumpster. <laughs> I know, right? Richie needs a new house, okay? <laughs> apparently I need to make a career change. Right. So Claire's riding her bike to school and she passes her crazy Uncle August, who we learn through the movie is her mom's uncle. And her dad, for some reason, doesn't like him or thinks he's bad news somehow and so he's sort of forbidden claire from seeing him but she likes him so she is trying to get his newspaper from or something and almost gets hit by the school bully who pulls one of those like i'm driving here i don't care that i almost killed a cyclist or you know whatever yeah which is really just establishing the dynamic between claire and her Mm-hmm. classmates claire gets to school and finds that her dad is dumpster diving across the street from her school where she confronts him and says, like, oh, you promised wouldn't you wouldn't do this at my school anymore. And he's like, but I'm across the street. It doesn't count. And I had two thoughts about this. One. I have a thought as well. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> one, across the street still counts as at her school. Two, if I was in Claire's shoes, I would not have run up to him and therefore visually proven to all of my classmates, hey, this is my dad. I would have just headed straight into that school and been right? like, I don't know. Never head seen down, him. Head down. Move forward. And actually, I have a third thought when the friend is like, yeah, but who's looking? And then they turn around to look and the entire school is staring like, everyone, what do you mean? Who's looking? Mm -hmm. Literally everyone. So here's my thought. If this man is dumpster diving for a living, what does he think he's going to get at the school dumpster? Oh, good point. I get going to the Richie Rich neighborhoods and finding antiques or, you know, Whatever know, the case may be. Broken chandeliers where but you can who, save the crystals or something. It's like, ooh, this pencil's down to the nub. Right? <laughs> what are you getting at a school dumpster? Oh, this broken desk is sure going to get me a pretty penny at the swap meet. Yeah. So I'm calling shenanigans on that. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd think being a professional dumpster diver, you'd have that knowledge of these are the places you go to. Right. Etc. Yeah. But not being a professional dumpster diver, maybe that's a little bit of an assumption, but that's what I would assume. <laughs> right. I mean, I could see if it was office building because maybe there's some old conference phones or something. But a school... Yeah, or, you know, I know someone whose boyfriend works in IT, and he talks, and he just, uh, she thinks he's a hoarder, because office buildings routinely will just want to literally throw away into a dumpster perfectly functional computers and stuff like that, because mm -hmm. they're just either phasing them out, you know, or this one's old, whatever. And so he requests, can I have it? And they're just like, yeah, whatever. So he takes computers and monitors and keyboards and all sorts of electronics that are completely fine. They're just used and resells them. Mm -hmm. And he makes a crap ton of money on them because it's just well, stuff that this office would give away, you know, or not yeah, give away, but throw now? away. <laughs> they were going to just throw it away. Yeah. Not even like, oh, I'm going to, you know, donate it. They're just throwing this shit away because it's easier to just throw away than to find a second right. use. Yeah. You know, you tried to recycle electronics. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, my God. I have... <laughs> I remember they were doing a drive at the school by our house. We're like, cool. We loaded the carpool, the stuff we had to get rid of. We get down there and they wanted us to pay. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. <laughs> Dude, I have an iMac computer that I got as a graduation present oh when I graduated high school. Oh the thing God. is massive and it is heavy and I still have it because yeah. I cannot figure out how to get rid of it. I am and staring because, like, at a tower, a computer tower right now that has a similar story. <laughs> Not quite as, I mean, yours is, thing is, is now yours is practically a collector's item. You might as well I sell know. it on eBay. <laughs> I know, and I know there's the right way and the wrong way to get rid of it, but I can't figure out what it is. And also, I become mentally and physically exhausted whenever I think about going through the process <laughs> of finding the correct way to do this. So instead, I have opted, it is my cursed item. Apparently, it's my Apparently. cursed object because I am just carrying it. I have moved seven times with this oh thing in the god. box. Oh my god. It hasn't left the box since 2017. Oh or not god. even. No, 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 no. I'm lying because it's 2020. When did I get it? 2008. 2008 was the last time that thing left the box and I have carried it with me everywhere oh because God. I just don't know how to get I don't know how to it's leave like you Sisyphus's iMac I know and I keep thinking well but I never cleared off that hard drive I should clear that hard drive and then I just Do you instead think you I'm would like even boot up at this point if you turned it, it absolutely off? doesn't that's the thing it absolutely doesn't and yet there's still part of me that's like but someone will figure out how to find my secret files. Right? I don't have secret files. You know, there's got to be some MySpace on there, there that you don't want people to see. The greatest day of my life was the day that MySpace just deleted my account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Where were we? Where were we? Okay. So Claire confronts her dad at, his, at her school and they leave. Her dad and his friend end up dumpster diving in the richer neighborhood and he finds kind of a weird unique chinese music box in the dumpster and so he decides to give it to claire for her birthday meanwhile claire is at school pulling another one of the moves that remember you know one of the things that i think just needs to stop happening in movies mm. is when it doesn't matter if it's our antagonist or our protagonist who does the bullying whichever party needs to stop doing the thing where they think that it is in any way a powerful insult to use a word that they know their target doesn't understand yeah you're just reaffirming your nerddom 
Right, exactly. Or if you're just reaffirming, oh, you think you're better than, you know? And so I thought this scene was really weird. Oh, because yeah. Because we're trying to portray Claire as this bullied, outcast high school kid who doesn't run with the popular kids, gets picked on by the popular kids, but she, in this instance, instigates the bullying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm like, I was a little, It was this was weird. It wasn't like the popular girl started it and Claire was responding it was Claire and her friends were pointedly like, oh, we're going to laugh like we're making fun of her behind her back so that she asks us what we're laughing about so we can call her Smegma and prove she doesn't know what Smegma is. <laughs> it's a flawed plan from the beginning is all I'm saying. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this movie is I think it sets her up to be your protagonist, your hero of the movie. But I don't think I think she's the villain of the movie. I think so, too. You like all these side characters so much more, and she is kind of a terrible person. Yeah. Even before the music box starts to corrupt her. Yeah. It's like, do you remember in 30 Rock when we find out Liz Lemon was the bully in high school? But in her head, <laughs> yeah. she was the victim? Yeah. That's how this feels. Yeah. It feels like Claire is like, oh, well, I'm not attacking i'm being attacked and i'm just standing up for myself no what you were doing was talking making fun of someone behind their back but doing it to a point where you wanted them to notice so that they would confront you about it so that you could be you were given the opportunity to be mean to them is right. how that comes across to me yeah she never shows any compassion for anyone else even you know i get that the girl was bully but when the rot thing happens there's never a moment where she's like what have i done right and admittedly, Darcy is mean. I'm not saying Darcy's a saint right. either. But if I caused someone to have body parts amputated, I would feel compunction about that. And she's just yeah. like, wish again. There have been times where I'll say something to someone and then I feel guilty for the entire day because I'm like, oh my God, I think my tone was really mean. Right. <laughs> and that's like, right. And then I'm in the throes of guilt for like 17 hours where I'm like, oh my God, I think I was just a little too short with that person. I yeah. hope they don't think that I don't value their opinion. Oh, Marcy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. And I, I at first I was just kind of like, what is this weird writing? But I almost feel like the movie wants you to not like her or root for her. I don't know. Did you get that impression? I've seen this movie a few times, and I've never thought of it in that sense where we're ultimately supposed to see Claire as the villain, but that would make sense to me. It makes sense to me as you say it that that's what's happening because- Especially when you think, well, I'm getting ahead, but at the end of the movie, how it resolves and the world is yeah. set right- <laughs> yeah minus one person <laughs> i know i'm getting to the end but at the end i was like that feels so right yeah mm -hmm. okay sorry yeah I totally i did i did my thing where i went right to the end sorry sorry <laughs> yeah and i i don't know if it was intentional or not but definitely it it does it does feel like claire is not exactly uh you know who the queen of this movie is meredith Meredith is the queen of this movie. I loved her so much. I had to remember. Is that it's the it's the not Stranger Things friend? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who wants to be the master yes, monster hunter. I love I her. love her. She's my favorite character. She, I in want. This movie. I would like the spinoff of her. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her friends were yeah. great. Mm -hmm. Her dad, great yep. neighbor, yep. great. Claire sucks. Ryan, a little flat. <laughs> when Meredith fell, I was like, no. <laughs> I know.
Anywho, so Claire decides it's a really it makes it's a really good idea to insult someone by calling them a word that they, she knows they don't know. I, I just I can't get over it. It's such an old used tired move, and it doesn't look good. You imagine and somebody I don't like know why we're still reading doing a it. definition, and everyone be like, "Oh no, know, no, right? no!" I believe that there's a monster in a box before I believe that that disc would actually be successful. Because, you know, everybody in the room was just like, oh, my God, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) It proves nothing but what everybody already thinks about you. (laughs) But it results in an actual physical fight where, in the end, Claire ends up bummed at her neighbor's house with a bruise and the popular girls end up getting pedicures and apparently nobody gets disciplined. No. Whatever. Claire goes home. Like, there are so many little things in this movie that are just like, this is such a tired thing. Why are we still doing this? Yeah. But, you know, this being one of them where she brings dinner and her dad looks at it and goes, oh, you got the green stuff? Mm. <laughs> right. And she's like, it's salad. It's it's healthy. Oh, my God. Like, God, we know. <laughs> we know. And also, we're supposed to believe Ryan Phillippe is not eating fucking salads. I know, right? It's the same thing with not so much her, but her beautiful friends or the nerds at school. So I oh, right. I just watched Freaky this week. Have you seen that yet? No. It's really I want to though. Really fun. I want yeah, You're going to have yeah, a good time. It looks time. fun. I really want to see but it. But the main girl is supposed to be unpopular and I'm just like she's the most beautiful person on the planet. <laughs> no what is by Really she's this. supposed to be just based on the trailer I assume she was She's the, the nerd. <laughs> she's the nerd who is a mascot. And no oh one likes God, no. until she gets her serial killer makeover. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, she's been hot this whole time. Whoa. Oh, my God. Like, Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. And it's the same <laughs> thing with this where all of her friends are beautiful. These are not the nerds in high school. Stop it. No. Stop it. Yeah. So Ryan Phillippe is disgusted by salad. But he tells Claire that he found something for her early birthday present. She goes upstairs, finds this music box, can't open it doesn't really understand what it is kind of later she's just sort of absently painting and finds out that the popular girl posted videos of their fight and her dad dumpster diving to bully her online and all this so she sort of just absentmindedly wishes that darcy would rot mm-hmm. in the middle of the night the music box starts playing music and opens a little and when like darcy wakes up she's rotting box a lot yeah i like the creepy thing inside the carving inside is really cool it is it is effectively creepy that box say what you will about anything else about that movie but if that happened if you had that box and it opened and inside was that carving oh no it would be very it would be bad times yeah yeah and see you know you and i both have a thing for anything dybbuk box or dybbuk box adjacent and this is dybbuk box adjacent we're like there's a demon in it. Do you it. remember when our coworker David found that haunted mask and no. put it on? No. Oh my god. So, okay. We had this coworker David. I don't know if this will end up in the final show or not, but he lived in San Francisco and he found some weird altar and he opened it and inside there was this demon mask and he put it on and took pictures and then put it back in the altar. We're like, you're cursed. For sure. I wish I could find that picture. I wonder if Mr. Rachel still has it because it is terrifying. It's like a demon mask that he found in some creepy altar somewhere in San Francisco. 
that is how a horror movie yes! starts. Yes! We're like, for sure. All right, bye. It was nice knowing you. Yeah. Please don't touch anything. Right? <laughs> Back away slowly, sir. <laughs> Please don't tell me any more facts about this, because the less I know, the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Continue. Ugh. So Darcy wakes up, and she's rotting, and the rotten foot that comes out of the oh, sock. Oh, was no, so foot horror. Oh, no. <laughs> it wasn't the worst foot horror I've ever seen, but the rotting foot was so, so gross. So gross. Anyway, they find out that she has contracted necrotizing fasciitis, and she's in the ICU, and they think they're going to have to amputate some body parts. And this was an- another thing. I mean, I know I just said I love her friends, but it just how much they celebrated the fact that this person was suffering yeah. was kind of troublesome to me. Yeah. I mean, this movie is very mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the it exception is. of two characters, this movie is very mean. I get it. You don't like her, and that's fine. Yeah. But to find joy and to be celebrating the fact that someone is suffering from, you know, this really horrible condition yeah. and is having to have body parts cut yeah. off. That's awful. Yeah. That's real dark. Yeah. <laughs> and when the, the friends come up and are like, oh, we're starting to go fund me. First of all, the friends probably should not have come up to her enemies to ask for money. That was a weird move yeah. on their part. But, you know, they're trying to start a GoFundMe for her and they respond by flipping them off. Yeah. And I'm like, rough, man. Just say no. Like, you know? are you insane? No. Bye. I don't have any cash on Isn't me. Isn't she maybe. hella rich I don't know. anyway? Why are you asking me? Yeah, but it just was real extreme the way they were celebrating the fact that this awful thing was happening. I was like, okay, that's 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 mean. what I'm saying. I feel like there's never compassionate moments with our main character. Later on when she even knows things are going on, and I know that some of it is corruption from the box, I guess. But I just don't feel like she ever has any kind of guilt about what she's doing, even early on. Yeah. She knows after the first wish that she has caused irreparable physical harm to someone else, even someone who was mean to her. And she never once has a pounce of compassion. Well, and even when she, and I'm screaming in the end, when she makes her last wish, it's not in the sense of, I want to bring back everybody who's yeah. died because I made wishes. It's, I want my dad back. Yeah. I want my life back. You know, it's still selfish. Right. And I, I think the script even goes out of its way to point that out to her. Her friends are like, you didn't wish for anything for us. You didn't wish for anything for mankind. Right. She's just like, no, nah, Doug, I wanted to be no. rich. I wanted to have a boyfriend, you know? And her whole, like, I just wanted to feel like I fit in. I'm like, <sighs> okay. Well, that sounds like a therapist well, first could have done that for you. need to get a conscience. Right. <laughs> Step one. Maybe don't be a sociopath, <sighs> and then you can fit in with the rest of yeah. us. I guess. Anyway, her wish comes true that Darcy rots and what we'll learn is the balance is it's a blood price no. <laughs> and her dog is taken in as the price for this wish being granted it's so sad on the dog crying outside the room yeah <laughs> i didn't like it <laughs> yeah but uh, Claire goes to look for Max, who is missing. He's under the crawl space, having been eaten alive by rats. And I think at this point, she still doesn't really realize that the two are connected. It's just things that have happened. Claire's second wish is that there's this popular boy that she has a crush on, and he wants she wants him to fall in love with her. And as we've seen, 
in so many other movies. He does, and it's far too much. Just a lot. But the blood price is her Uncle August dies. Mm. Again, not an ounce of compassion or guilt. No, 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 no. And especially since... Can I ask you something? I'm sorry to cut you off, but there's all these allusions to Uncle Max being a bad guy. Did we ever find out what it was that made him such a bad guy? I think it's Uncle August. Uncle August, or whatever his name is. Was he molesting the the, the mom or something? No, there was never anything. all, All we get is that the dad really doesn't like him. Right. And I think probably Uncle August really doesn't like the dad but i didn't i in all the times i've watched it there's i've never picked up anything on why other than he calls him crazy uncle august i don't know i don't know i mean but there's nothing solid in there that is a reason why i mean because presumably okay i guess i'll wait till i'll wait till the end to ask you questions because that involve the mom oh okay yeah okay we'll wait till the end okay okay i i, I think i see where you're yeah 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 okay yeah anyway uncle august dies Paul falls in love with Claire, which we'll soon learn. It's just, it's a lot. It's far too much. And it is one of those be careful what you wish for things that we see in all the movies. It's like she's never seen The Craft. I know. (laughs) Watch The Craft. You'll understand why this is a very bad idea. So upon Uncle August's death, Claire wishes that he would leave everything to her. So that's what happens. As a consequence... Mrs. DeLuca dies by getting her super long ponytail caught in her garbage disposal, which was a very, I mean, it's not the most, oh my God, why am I blanking on it right now? Gruesome or graphic? No, the movie. Oh, Final Destination? Final Destination. It's not the most Final Destination death, but it's pretty Final Destination (laughs) adjacent. Yeah, well, because which of these things is going to get her? Because there's three things happening. Can I just and tell I did... you the thing I truly, you know, there's certain things like soft tissue damage that bother you. Mm-hmm. For me, it is garbage disposal violence. I don't know what it is about a garbage disposal. As soon as I know it's a factor or they're using it to make you nervous, I go from zero to 10 anxiety immediately. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> horror, horror movies have villainized the garbage disposal. It makes sense. Oh, we know. have a lot of historical... There's something about putting your hand into there and then accidentally turning it on. Just everything about it. It is truly, I I feel like I've been desensitized to so many things. It has never decreased at all. I'm terrified of, I'm I'm terrified of my own garbage disposal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I have to get a magnet out to pull things out of it if it falls in. I'm not putting my fucking hand in one. <laughs> even if there's no one is even near the switch, all I keep thinking is, but what if something like a short circuit happens and it just freak turns on? Well, mine something? is perfectly at hip level. Oh. So it could easily get bumped. See, mine's like on the top of the counter. That's where it to belongs. Like where the, it's a button next to where the faucet handle is. So you have to purposefully, and it's a, it's actually a really hard button to push good, down good, enough to make the, good. the These are good things. I yes. think they, I think they're purposeful. I think they're actually safety precautions that you have to put a lot of weight onto it to get the button to actually push. And it's across the counter back and behind the sink where the, yeah. Mine's it's just hard a light to hit on accident. Right at hip level. And I have, tur- not with my hand in it, but I've accidentally turned it on so many times. Oh, see, that's terrifying. That's absolutely when I'm putting terrifying. dishes away, I'll bump it and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, Oh my god, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care for them. I understand they serve a purpose. They're like bees, you know what I mean? I want them to <laughs> exist. 
but I want them to not and be I on my them, person. <laughs> I want them to do their job, but I would like over them to there. as far away from my person as over possible. There. I want to stay out yep. of the garbage disposal's house, except for that I'm in the garbage <laughs> disposal's house. Oh, no. Okay. But, uh, Sorry. Mrs. DeLuca <laughs> gets taken by way of garbage disposal. I did like how her scalp split when it was... <laughs> I thought that was a cool effect. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we get sort of like a fun montage of Claire and her friends being rich, I guess. Yeah. The only part about this that I really was like, really, was when they were taking all the selfies with like, look, we have 25 pounds of junk food. I'm like, Does, wh- why even? That's just a waste. That's just wasteful. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not a rich person thing. You could make 25 million box cake cupcakes and be like, look at our richness. I'm like, eh. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was just your stereotypical montage. Of and everyone where... knows that the best cupcakes are the hostess cupcakes. That's all I'm going to say. <sighs> They're so good. Why are they so good? All right. So here's the important question. Do you eat them just bite, bite, bite? Or do you have a system? Bite, bite, bite. Okay. All right. I like like to remove the frosting and save it for the dessert at the end of the dessert. Really? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. Wow. I have a system. Yeah. I've never met anybody with a hostess cupcake system before. You just never asked. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, weigh in. What is the proper way to eat a hostess cupcake? I mean, there's really no wrong way. No, 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 no. No. Oh, my God. They're so good. Now I really want one. (laughs) I do really want one now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So they've got cupcakes. I used to buy the hostess cupcakes for my grandma because she wanted cake at times but not enough to warrant making a full cake yeah because she wouldn't want you know she wouldn't want cake every day consecutively in order to eat up a cake and no i i don't eat baked goods really yeah it's not you know it's not not a big fan so i would just buy her the little hostess cupcake things or whatever and even then it would take her three days to get through one really yeah, I think it might be a, a Japanese thing because I'm the same way with stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm the person who saves the smallest amount of whatever because I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a snack. <laughs> that's just good planning, though. It's true. Okay, where were we? So it's basically at this point, Claire, who's taking China, a class on Chinese, can't decipher everything that's written on this box, so she decides to, or she somehow her. She connects with this with this kid in her class named Ryan. Well, he, who I think clearly he has a crush has a, on her. Yeah, he's crushing. So he's like, "Oh wait, I, I could I could help with this." Yeah, and he's such you know? a little cutie. I have to I say, know. he's so much cuter than the guy that she supposedly likes. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, do you recognize him? He was the guy on Unbreakable Kimmy. Schmidt. Yes, which is weird yeah. to see him. Like, I'm like, why is he a high schooler? This is weird. I know. Although he looked like a high schooler, but it was just I know him as the Kimmy Schmidt guy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he says his cousin is really good at deciphering these kinds of symbols and reading this stuff. So he offers to take Claire to meet his cousin, Gina, which they do. This was another one of those conversations that I was like, really? You know, with the whole, oh, you dig on the multiverse thing? Yeah. I mean, okay. I understand there are people who probably have never thought about it or have never heard the phrase multiverse. But who... Who is going to be like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't dig on it. It reminded me of that scene in Cloverfield when they're walking through the tunnel. And I can't remember the characters that Hutch brings up that Mm -hmm. Marlena knows. And he's like, wait, you know about Spider-Man or whatever it was? And she goes, oh, my God, 
are you aware of Garfield? <laughs> That's what this kind of <laughs> felt like to me. Only we were Marlena. Yeah. Going, <laughs> I mean, it was just know? a weird thing to say. Yeah. You dig on the multiverse? Whoa. <laughs> Remember Be Blacklist in Hollywood this trip? <laughs> i just anyway i don't know the you dig on the multiverse thing especially since it comes up three times yeah it becomes their thing right yeah so they have a conversation where you know it becomes more apparent that ryan has a crush on her because in in the least cool move ever they're talking about how in first grade or something she farted and blamed it on him and whatever and he's thought about it ever since yeah and then it's like well maybe in another universe you farted well maybe in another universe neither of us farted and he's like well maybe in another universe we're dating right wouldn't that be crazy <laughs> you know? oh no like, oh and she's dude. like yeah maybe not <laughs> i know like that was like <laughs> damn damn cold totally cold, cold. you could uh, wow yeah wow 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 anyway so they get to gina's apartment and she's trying to decipher the box and she makes out a name and so they google the name and come up with a story where it was a woman whose family was living in china and they thought they had a disease so they quarantined them in a train car and they all died except for this woman who then went and prayed for seven days and somehow i don't know invited a demon or convinced a demon or opened the box up to having a demon live in it mm-hmm. and that's what started this whole thing this whole process of the seven wishes and the blood price and then you know but there's some things on it that gina can't decipher such as the blood price at this point or what the ultimate price ends up being so she gives them as much information as she can she takes some pictures she says she's going to send them to a friend of hers who's really good at this and they leave Oh, I also didn't care for the, well, she's a slut for wontons line. Yeah. Didn't care for that. Did not very care much. for that. Mm-hmm. On a lot of levels, mm-hmm. did not like. Yeah. And then based on recent personal experience, also on a personal level, did not care for it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 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 I just, I feel Do like. Do better. Do better. Right. Let's not, maybe not throw that word around quite so casually right you know right just saying right right let's put some thought into things anyway moving on it was brief it's over so gina gets the information back really quickly on what that message is and it's about the blood price and at the same time claire's fourth wish is for her dad to stop being so embarrassing which I think the irony being that the personality he got as a result of this wish was no less embarrassing. But <laughs> I know that's my own personal He's opinion. There rocking out with his saxophone, one of the teenage girls. Like, who are do you swooning. think you are, Kenny I'm G? Like, no, no. <laughs> this is not better. No. <laughs> but as a result, Gina dies before she gets a chance to pass on the message, I guess. But what she's deciphered is that the meaning of the phrase is when the music ends, the blood price is paid. That's when we learn about the blood price and how someone will die every time Claire makes a wish. So she warns Ryan and then dies by falling onto just the most awesome. It's a bull, right? A bull statue yeah. that she just yeah. has in the middle of her apartment. Yeah. Dope. I would be too nervous to have it in my house because I'd be afraid that I would do that exact same thing only from natural clumsiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she had a really cool loft apartment. She like, did. She was pretty dope. Yeah. So... Ryan discovers Gina and confronts Claire about making wishes, and Claire lies. Sorry, I'm getting a lot of chess ghosts. 
Dang you, seltzer. Oh my gosh. I love you. It was a cursed seltzer. It's a haunted seltzer. I know the mango is really doing something. I'm getting super distracted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. okay. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> so anyway, Claire. See, this is where we start seeing Claire's true colors in that she has all the clues, right? And yeah. she's putting them together yeah. and she's ignoring what she's finding because she makes a fifth wish to be popular. Thank God. Her wishes are the worst. Yeah. They're the worst. To be popular? Yes. And there's the whole thing about she wants the guy to like her, and when he shows it, she's just like, no. Yeah. I never really felt like she actually liked him. Right? <laughs> I get it that the, the whole point of the wish was that he was going to be way too intense, but it wasn't even like, oh, he got too intense, and then she was like, you're too intense. He started liking her, and she was like, oh, maybe? It was very strange. Yeah, the dynamic was really weird there. You know, you don't have to play hard to get if you've used a witch, right? Right. He's in. It's happening. Yeah. You have clinched this one. Right. So Claire wishes she's popular, but she's, it ends up not being really what she wants. It's too much attention. And this guy is being crazy and her friends are feeling abandoned and her friends are also kind of mean about it. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's mean about everything. It doesn't. So I saying, like, this is a very mean, mean yeah. movie. <laughs> but anyway, there's an event coming up. At the senior hunt or something. I don't know. It's yeah. a scavenger hunt, yeah. basically, that the school does. And so she's... Claire's on a team with her friends, even though the guy... I can't think of what his name is. The popular guy that she likes really wants to be around her all of the time. And we find out that he's taking pictures of her while she's sleeping and he's being super fucking creepy. Yeah. But while they're on this scavenger hunt, Claire made that wish to be super popular or whatever. Meredith gets stuck in an elevator, the cable snap, and she dies as the blood price. At this point, Claire has shared with both of her friends the box and what she thinks is happening here. In in a baffling move, she explains what she thinks is happening. Her friends don't believe her. And then she continues to wish anyway. Right. Even though... That's June, the wildest part. Right? If you came to your friends and like, I have a problem, I have a demon box that's murdering people because of directly affected by my actions. And then your friends are like, you're crazy. And you're like, oh, you're probably right. I'm going to do it anyway. She's the one who brought the problem to them. And they're like, if you, know? you do this, you're a bad person. Right. And they're not wrong. I know. And so, and so June gets super upset with her and she's like, this is your fault. And Claire's like, I know I'm going to do it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and then Ryan pops up out of nowhere and is like, you're doing this. And she's like, I know and I'm going to keep the box. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem is, is the problems that she's solving don't justify what she's doing. Right. There's such petty small problems that you can't really feel any sympathy for her over when things are going badly for her. I feel much worse for the people that you're doing this to than you because it's not like she's in an abusive situation or she her father's an alcoholic or something and so she's helping him get help or something. It's all yeah. so selfish and the problems are so small and petty like lack of popularity and that's why I think the movie wants you to not like her. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. Because it's not even big problems. It's not like, oh, we're about to lose the house. Nope. Or something. You, he's just embarrassing. Right. And her house isn't a mansion. Right. 
and I mean, I think it's kind of real. Teenagers are selfish and stuff. But I think as a movie where we're supposed to invest in this character, it almost feels intentional to me. It wants you to judge her for what she's doing. Which, if that's its intention, it worked. (laughs) Yeah, job well done. (laughs) Yeah, right? Goal achieved. We got there. (laughs) So Ryan finally tells her that after the seventh wish, the demon in the box claims the soul of the owner. And at this point, both Ryan and June have tried to convince Claire to get rid of the box because it also says that if you get rid of or lose the box, all the wishes are undone. And so she has an out. She also has two wishes left, I think at this point yeah she has two wishes left at this point and uh instead she pulls the full-on addict thing where she's like well no i just need it i'm just gonna have it i'm not gonna wish i just want it i I can't i'm not ready to get rid of it even though at this point both june and ryan are trying to get her to get rid of the box i mean they straight up take it from her and yeah i do love the line where she's like why would you bring it here to school and she's like i have little sisters at home and i was like oh right this is a human response to this okay interesting (laughs) with I did like that line because it was like, oh, right. People are humans. And this is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Cool. Claire does get the box back, but not without shoving June down a flight of stairs. June makes it, but still not a great move on Claire's part. Claire goes home and she's having a full on breakdown. And in the midst of the breakdown, as we all know, decisions made while having an emotional breakdown are always the best and most well thought out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She wishes that her mom was alive. And this one happens immediately. Most of the other wishes have happened overnight. Mm-hmm. She makes the wish in the next ne- the next day. It's true. But this one happens within minutes where her mom knocks on the door and her mom's alive. It's Claire's birthday. She has two new little sisters because her mom was alive long enough to have more kids. Right. And everything that is That is a little bit sad when the little sisters come in. I and you're know. like, oh, damn. <sighs> yeah, that one's rough. Good Good detail on whoever wrote that if you were trying to hit at the... Hit at the old nerves. Yeah, that was a good move. So Claire's super excited. Her mom and her family's whole. Everybody's great. She's going through some of her mom's old paintings and finds a painting of the music box. Right. And that's when she realizes that what started, what caused her mom's suicide, apparently, is having had the music box. Apparently, having made wishes, either... You know, we don't really know a whole lot of details, but somehow this... This music box is what led to her mom's suicide. While she's discovering this, the blood price for her mom must be paid, which is her dad's getting his head cut off by a chainsaw. Yeah. It's very telling that when she finds this, her response isn't to have sympathy for what her mother is going through because she's, you know, done the same thing herself. She just starts screaming, it's your fault. It's your fault. She doesn't take any accountability for what she's done, even in this moment. It's really wild. Honestly, if the music box could talk back, the music box would have been like, you asked for it. (laughs) There is a Yao Guai just rolling its eyes. Just be like, oh my God, girl, you told me to do this. (laughs) I'm I'm just following the instructions. (laughs) Oh, we totally missed the full on final destination scene. We can't tell if it's meredith or her dad who's going to be the blood prize for her Mm -hmm. popularity because at the same time meredith is having elevator issues her dad is having car issues and it's the most final destination he's ducking past yeah those fly that flying tire and reaching for screws underneath the car when the jack is starting to give out right yeah it was a really cool tense scene because you so totally think it's going to be the dad 
and then it ends up being the friend. Yeah. I can't believe I glossed over that. I love that scene. That was a good one. That was it was a good one. Almost getting narrowly missed getting hit by street racers. (laughs) I mean, it's an absurd scene, and yet it felt very yeah, it felt a little dangerous. I don't know. It it felt And it did feel like if we're gonna be this movie, let's be this movie. Right. Yes, that's exactly, exactly, exactly. Anyway, so Claire runs inside and she starts blaming the music box for everything, which is, you know, valid, uh, quote unquote valid. Right. And she's like, I know how to beat you. And she wishes to go back to the morning that her dad found the music box. Mm -hmm. So that uh, her plan being to intervene with him finding the music box and just not making wishes at all. So she wakes up suddenly. It's the morning that her dad finds the music box. She decides to go with them. They have a really great morning dumpster diving where she finds the music box and takes it with her. (laughs) And she takes it to school to find Ryan. And she asks him, don't open it. Don't do anything. Don't read it. Just bury it. And then she does the thing that anytime the sort of time bend, time loop kind of thing happens where a character uses their knowledge of what they've already experienced, but in a previous point why would you be that creepy right right we as the viewer is gonna be like oh it's because she already experiences but if you were ryan and this girl that you haven't spoken to in years but you've had a long distance crush on forever walks up to you and is like and your your cousin gina has a loft you'd be like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. stalker 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 uh back up what what and how do you know this yeah, it's how? super creepy right and then the, when she kisses him it just, I, get, I, <laughs> I feel like we as the viewers are supposed to be like, oh, because they're meant to be. We already watched it happen. But can you imagine Ryan at that position being like all of the whole school, my friends? I do, I haven't spoken to this girl since the, the first grade when she farted and blamed it on me. <laughs> and now she knows where my cousin lives and my cousin's name. And now she's kissing me. But I mean, that was after he learns that she digs on the multiverse. So it was fine. Oh, my God. It was fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine. Because she digs on the multiverse. That's all good. Right. What are the odds you're going to find a girl who digs on the multiverse? (laughs) I mean, she's heard of the multiverse. That's bananas. (laughs) Anyway, so Claire thinks she has it all solved. She's given the box to Ryan. He's going to bury it. She's not going to make any wishes. But she's not taking into account that what she's experiencing right now is, in fact, her seventh wish. And therefore, her soul gets to be claimed, because that's what it is. Yeah. And uh, she gets hit by a, a Darcy, the bully from the beginning, accidentally hits her with her car, and she dies. Roll credits. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of liked the end. I did, too. It felt right that she died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was like, good. Because it would have been real, real, unco- it, it would have been really dissatisfying if she just walked away and was like, now I have a boyfriend and my dad and I got to, maybe I don't have my mom, but at least my dog's alive. Yeah. It was just, it was too neat of an ending and I didn't feel like she earned it. I feel like Mm-mm. she needed to face some degree of consequences for what she did and everybody else was a victim of her. So when, it felt like justice when they were all survived and okay and then it was a wrap for her. Yeah, same. I agree. We do, however, get a mid credit scene. Oh no! Oh, I know. I I knew it was coming, but I hoped it wouldn't. I think the first time I watched it, I just clicked away once the credits started. And it was like the second or third time when I I stuck around for whatever reason. I don't think I I was watching. I think I was doing something else and I just didn't click away. And that's when I realized there's a mid-credits scene where Ryan is out 
preparing to bury the box, and then he starts to read it. Yeah. And he gets to the wishes. And he has that look on then, his face like, hmm. And then we cut to the rest of the credits. Yeah, give it to someone who's not fluent in Chinese. I right. <laughs> Why would she give it a hit to him of all people? You'd think she would give it to her friends who have already tried to take it away from her. I know. Or a different dumpster. I don't know. I mean, there is that that scene where they try to burn it and it won't burn, and they try to smash it and it won't smash. Yeah. So, I mean, it is indestructible, right? But if this is like a Jumanji scenario, you throw it into the sea. Yeah. You know, right? you do something. I get. You're like, okay, I want it to go somewhere where someone's not going to find it. But you, yeah, you you throw it into the sea. You don't hand it to someone who can read what it says and is like, don't read it, just bury it. Also, we haven't spoken in 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. But I dig on the multiverse, so I'm a kissy <laughs> dig now. On the multiverse. <laughs> you dig on the multiverse? <laughs> Be like, sorry, sir, my vagina just died. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it has just withered clothes like a flower in nighttime. It's <laughs> like a time lapse video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right so overall what do you think of this movie okay again i have a lot of fun watching this movie but i think it's because it's first of all i love those teen horror movies that happened in the 2000s that are by the book you can plot out every plot mm -hmm. move and it's just easy to watch and it's fun to watch and there were like the full final destination flat tire scene was really great the garbage disposal scene is really great the overall premise is great. I enjoy it. It's fun. Is it a good movie? No. Right. Right. Do I enjoy watching it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the same reasons I've articulated throughout this, this is not a good movie. The uh -uh. the 13% is correct. Is accurate. Yes. <laughs> and yet, I think that it does hit very specific nostalgic notes for people of a very specific age bracket <laughs> to where yeah. it is so unchallenging like you said you could plot out every single plot point that it's just it just goes down easy does that make it good no but does, it's not aggressively bad in a way that makes it unwatchable, unwatchable. yeah which yeah. i know is total faint praise but i mean i just have to that's how i feel i feel how i feel we have not reached the indigenous basement still to this day the lie <laughs> i feel like was was edging in that area but yeah. I mean, I did enjoy watching this movie more than I enjoyed watching The Lie. I would watch this before The Lie a hundred times. Because, <laughs> see, that was aggressively unenjoyable to watch. Whereas this is yeah. just so slight. It is, I mean, it just goes down easy. It asks zero So little. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Nothing. You're, you know all the tropes. The one thing that feels fresh about this is the Meredith character. I loved her. She was great. And the very sudden death of our main character in the end. Yeah, I mean, and it was I like, I like that we saw it on screen. She went flying. Yeah. I was like, yes, that's a good yeah. death. I like yeah. it. And the and the box itself is creepy. And to be honest, cursed objects give me the heebie McGeebies. So mm, I always yeah. love that. But yeah. Yeah. I love a good cursed object. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't as good as The Possession. I unequivocally enjoy that movie. I think that would be a scary shit. Which one is The Possession? That's the Dybbuk Box movie. Oh, I still think I haven't seen that. What? Yeah. 
Because I think we, I think it comes up every once in a while. I was under I the impression you had seen this. You have not seen Possession. Hang on, I'm googling it because I don't think so. Oh my! Goodness. I think we talk about it periodically. And I've always, and I, I was always under it. the impression that you had seen it. It has Maris Yahoo in it. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> uh... He plays a rabbi in it. Well, shit. I'm looking to see if this is on any streaming services because you need to see this movie. As someone who is creeped out by Dubbock boxes, I can't believe... Oh, it is on Prime. Holy shit. Yeah, I have never seen this. Um, well. <sighs> Spoilers? <laughs> for what we're watching next, apparently? Well, I mean, because we just watched A Cursed Item, I kind of feel like I should push it out a couple, so we're not doing a direct... But this is happening soon. Years ago, I lived with one of my best friends from high school, post-high school when we were in college. And we used to play this game where we would alternate picking the movie we would watch, but there had to be a connective factor of some sort between the two. Yeah, And we wouldn't share what it was. We would just start playing the movie and the other person who didn't pick would have to identify what the connective factor was. So it's easy when it's an actor. Sometimes it was a theme. Sometimes, you know, whatever. And it was fun to see where the chain would get us. Because it'd be like, well, we started with Resident Evil and ended with Love Actually. (laughs) (laughs) And if if whoever's turn it was couldn't pick didn't have anything because we each had separate movie libraries Uh so you could only pick from your own movie library your own dvd library or whatever if you had if you couldn't match anything from the last person's list they got a point when you started over oh fun yeah it was a really fun game and you know whatever it was a passive game it was yeah you know yeah whatever but i feel like we're playing that game right now because i saw your joey king and i matched you a joey king you know this movie made me wonder if you'd ever seen wishmaster i've never seen oh well that's going on the list too (laughs) i can't you have to see wishmaster now wishmaster is my it's bad but i fucking love it movie it's bad (sighs) but also kind of (laughs) great it's it's from the i think early 90s where the 90s and 80s sort of blend together and it's about an evil gin <laughs> oh yeah uh, and it has all of these people from horror movies like the guy who plays jason the guy who plays freddy all those people show up in this oh wow yeah it has anger scrim from the you know the ball that with the knives phantasm oh, oh. it has yeah, robert yeah. england it has ted Raimi. it has all these people that oh show my up gosh. in it but yeah it and there's a whole series of these movies but really you just need to see the first one because it's one of the it's like a monkey paw thing people make a wish and then the bad things mm. happen you know mm-hmm. but it's much more ridiculous 80s stop motion Oh, man. Special effects. So, I mean, I was going to ask you if you'd seen it because it was going to go in the list. But now I just feel like we're going to go on the whole terror of cursed object <laughs> movies. Because I can't believe as someone who is so afraid of Dybbuk boxes, you have not seen the Dybbuk box movie. Yeah, I think, I mean, you said it's streaming on Prime now. Yeah. I think the first few times we talked about it, it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I just sort of forgot about okay. it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to pick it for the next one just because I feel like we need to spread them out a little bit. But Wishmaster and The Possession are both movies that you will be seeing okay. sometime soon. <laughs> then I will hold off on watching them on I my mean, own. you can watch them if you just can't wait. I wouldn't blame you. But I kind of do want to hear your first impressions of The Possession. 
Because yeah. I think it's All a right. scary movie, but maybe it's not. Maybe now, because I saw it when it first came out. Maybe if I watched it now, I'd be like, this is hella corny. But uh, I can't. it's what makes made me scared of Dimmick Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. All right. All right. So if you were to re- watch this movie again, what would you pair with it? Honestly, a just straight up Captain Morgans and Coke. Because that is the easy comfort. It knows exactly, you know exactly what mm-hmm. it is. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. And I'm not normally a rum fan, but before I discovered whiskey, I was a rum and coke. Oh, girl. Rum and cokes, they, they are trash, but they are yeah. the comfort food trash. And right. they were probably what I was drinking about the time when I was watching these movies. Right. <laughs> And they kind of have that kind of vanilla-y, soft, yeah. yeah, you can just sink into this. It's fine. It's the kind of thing you drink when you're young enough that you don't get a hangover. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have aged out of this... a rum and coke, but there was a time where I could have five of those and be fine the next day. I just needed some drive through from Jack in the Box or something. Yeah, <laughs> this, de- this movie feels like the rum and coke of movies. Yeah, totally. I totally get it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, listener feedback. We didn't get any for this episode, but for those of you at home who had some thoughts about the movie or are very excited at the prospect of all these cursed object movies that we will be covering in the near future, because I have discovered that Mars has not seen them, you can drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes. This podcast has its own feed now, so you can, uh, if you want to review the entire Zombie Girls Network, you can do that on on Apple Podcasts, or if you just want to let the world know that you like Stream Queens, you can do that there as well. All right, so what are we watching for the next episode? I am very excited about this one because we are having... Our longtime listener, longtime podcast buddy, and now patron, Eddie on the podcast. He's going to be joining us, and he actually got to pick this movie. And for his guest spot, he has selected the movie Cooties. If you're not familiar with this film, here is the synopsis. Elementary school teachers Elijah Wood, Allison Pill, and Rain Wilson. Yes, that Rain Wilson as of the uh, Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica fame come under attack from children who have been turned into vicious monsters by contaminated chicken nuggies. Okay. Yeah. Right? Into it. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's really a lot going for this movie. <laughs> so, Have you seen it before? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it just wanted it, to I, It feels like a movie that you and I are going to have fun talking about. So Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I guess that's kind of it for us for this episode, except for, for patrons. Stick around. We have our extended episode for patrons only where we are going to be talking about cursed objects. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Mars, I think you have a cursed object story. I do have a cursed object story. Okay, cool. And I'm going to talk about a few on the internet. So that'll be fun. So definitely stick around, patrons, for that. All right. For those of you who are not patrons, Mars, take us out. Thanks for coming back. We really appreciate it. And have a good night. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Bye. (laughs) Bye.